Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to our sponsors this week. They are Carefree. For more information to buy, check out Carefree on Amazon or Walmart.com, or you may find them at your local grocery store or CVS. Be sure to check out our episode notes for more information on our amazing sponsors. Podcast One presents House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Join Kim, her husband, and six children as she shares her journey to success and the positive mentality that brought her there. Come on in and make yourself at home. Now, here's your host, Kim Zolciak Bierman. Hi, you guys. Welcome to this episode of House of Kim. What is so funny, Cry? Nothing. Hello, everyone. That's the only time that I change my tone. Okay. If you say so. When Croy, like, <laughs> we've been having this conversation before we turn the mics on, that Croy gets, like, super animated. Like, hey, everybody, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Well, and I like, feel like that's my emotion not- coming through the inflection of my voice. I'm not monotone. So, like, when I get excited, I You're not you, getting you excited. You're, you're just, you're. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, no, I, feel I change like my tone. A I feel bit. like it's. Um, when I'm angry, it's like. Sit down, you know, like your your emotion no, has to come this, through. You're you're doing like, come on down. You're the next contestant on the prices right. When I'm trying to right, ask people if exciting. they're addicted to drugs or something, you well, know what I mean? Like we can't. That could be like, exciting. No, no, it's not. Anyways, everybody, we Anyways. have a jam packed episode coming for you right now. You guys, uh, family drama. Should you stay? Should you go? Um, this is going to be the question of the podcast. Fan emails. Okay? Fan emails is going to be a really, really big one. Another one. Have you guys ever walked into a group of people and noticed that one person that has life by the balls? I always, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. Can well, you tell? Yeah. Did you think I had life by the balls? We're going to get into it. When you met me, we're going to get into it. All right. Um, also, you guys, have you ever had to crawl in the sand huh, to enjoy your beach vacation? Because I did. We're going to get into that too. We have a lot going on um, on this podcast. Couple trips involved. Um, just so many other things going on. Um, You're not going to mention that you let someone make it to third base just a week ago when... I'm married. Yeah. And I was in and, the room. And it was in my OBGYN. Huh. So stay tuned for that, you guys. Do not want to miss out on this Um I don't even know what to say this story because it gets pretty, pretty nuts. Let's jump into family drama, you guys. And we've received a few emails pretty much stating the same thing. 
Um, but let me just read it. Okay. Hi, my name is Taylor and I've been with my boyfriend for about two and a half years. I keep trying to bring up marriage and kids in our future. I have not been shy about this matter. And he knew that these were things that I wanted for myself from the beginning. And he seemed like he was on the same page in May. He dropped the bomb that he isn't even sure if he wants to get married or want kids. His parents are divorced and his mom has been divorced a few times. So he is nervous about getting married. I understand that, but I feel like if you don't take the leap, then you'll never know. And he should have faith in the relationship that we have. So I told him I need him to really think about what he wants about our future because I'm wanting to get married and have a family and I am not willing to sacrifice that. Well, two months have passed and he said he hasn't really thought about it. (laughs) Great. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) And today he doesn't want it, but it might change tomorrow. See you later, bro. I'm trying to stay positive. I don't want to break up because I really do love him, but we are in our 30s and I don't want to waste my time in a relationship that's not going anywhere. I don't know what to do. You have a happy marriage, lovely children and have been divorced. No, I was like legally married maybe 60 days. And I would appreciate any advice that you have. Best of love to your entire family. I love your podcast and Cab Cosmetics. Taylor, here's what I would say to you. If I was you, I'd be done. I'd be out. You're, you know, as we get older, our eggs get older. Let's just talk about the kid part, right? As we get older, our eggs get older and they're not as healthy and that's just a known fact, right? They try to say, I mean, I don't necessarily believe this in this day and age, but you know, 35, um, before 35, you should, you know, have babies, they say, to have the best chance at a healthy baby. I know several people that have had them in their forties and they're, and they're, you know, healthy as well. But I'm just saying, statistically speaking, and from OBGYN or doctor, you know, conversations that I've had, they definitely have recommended prior to 35. I understand that you love him, but here's the black and white part of the story is you both want two different things. Possibly. I don't know. Well, so here's what's going to happen. My recommendation to you is to say, you know what? I actually know for a fact that I want to have children and get married. That's important to me. I've wanted this my whole life and I've given you time to think about. You've given him a lot of time. I've given you a lot of time to think about it. You say you still don't want it. It could change tomorrow. I'm in no position to sit here and continue to wait for you to wake the fuck up and change your mind. I would be gone. I know it's not easy and I know you love them, but I do believe that there is somebody out there that would want to get married and have children with you. And I can almost promise you it's probably going to be his ass when you leave. But why you're not making him make that decision by sticking around and giving him all this time. Well, okay. That's valid. Here's here's my thoughts. No, we don't know his thoughts. We know her thoughts, right? She, we know what she wants, and she he is. He says she he doesn't is, want to get married. And well, have no, kids. he hasn't said he doesn't want to get married. He's nervous. She said he's nervous about getting married because of what he's witnessed and been a part of with his mother. Okay. So if we can, if if we can work cohesively together to find a common ground, whether that be maybe we keep separate accounts, maybe we get married, see how it goes. If he's comfortable, then we go to kids. We're not getting fucking no, married no. hoping he likes it. No, no, no. Well, what's, you either want to do it or you don't. What's the difference? You're not breaking up with him. And and so if he's – what you want to do is ease somebody's fears and, and understand that they can, okay. they can trust been you. been two and a half years. And your fears should be fucking eased. Well, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We don't know the whole backstory. Babe, I'm sorry. If I'm you don't just, want to commit, that's a fucking problem. No, there may be a reason why. And we well, know that there, we his know mom a reason. and his dad. So you know what? My dad's dad was a crook. And my dad vowed, I'm not going to be like my father. My dad has told me that his whole life, right? So – this gentleman, I sh- should look at it like, you know what? I've seen what divorce is, right? And either say to this girl, Taylor, sorry, I had to look at her name on my paper. Taylor, you know what? Um, 
I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. It's been just too hard on me, whatever. Bob or whatever his name is can go find somebody else to do that with. He's been with Taylor. He's keeping her on the little little chain right here, like this little leash saying, maybe tomorrow I'll change my mind. Right. That's what I'm. But so I'm thinking that there is a desire there, but the fear is overwhelming the desire. So he's not pulling the trigger. Right. So. So if she you want needs to, to work together. No, I'm, I'm saying if you want to work together to try to communicate through that, you can. If he still then says like, eh, 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 after you've tried to maybe talk it out, find solutions, you know, meet on a common ground, that's when I would say, see you later, buddy. But give it a try to try to work through his feeling. There's all kinds of ways that you can you can join together. I don't in a like marriage. his two months has passed and he and he hasn't thought about well, it. Well, that's just him kind of. Not being, being a rude, right? being not a being rude and saying, yeah, being a I'm still in the same place. He, 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 what he's really saying is, I'm still in the same place. I don't know whether I want to or not. So, but if you just give it time, she's getting think, older, but right, she's in her 30s. So you, need to take, you need to take direct action and say, Look, whatever your name is, Bob, Steve, what, what did she say? No. So, look, Bob, uh, here's what I want. I need to ha- we need to have decisions made. I, I want to go here. We can do it this way, we can do it this way, or we can do it this way. This is what I'm saying. You, I want you to work with me. If you love me, work with me. If not, then you got to say you got to work to part ways because you got to find. I'm what not it saying is to you pack want. your shit and leave today. I'm just saying simply to have a conversation with them. Like, listen, yeah. I've given you ample opportunity and time. You know, do you think counseling would maybe help time's, you? Time's irrelevant if you're not creating action. Time's very important when not, you want to have children and not, you're in your 30s. No, I'm saying if you're not taking action in that time, nothing's going to change. You have to take action in that time. So just to let him think about it. Anyways, Taylor, pack your shit, pack your stuff. And I would tell him, listen, you know what? I've given you ample time. No, we're yeah. not packing Yeah, pack it up, girl. No, we're going to work together first and then pack it up if he says he's nothing's changed. I think Taylor would stick around until she's no, 40. No, 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 no. She, she knows what she wants. She just needs to put him in his place in a sense that, hey, we need to take action. If you're not willing to take action, then Sayonara. She said that to him already. No, she let him think about it. That's not action. That's just that's that's two like, months. And he said it could change right, tomorrow. He did, he, He's she no, wasn't like you guys. Listen, <laughs> I know that um, it's in your best interest, Taylor, to just say, you know what? I've given you ample opportunity um, to really think about this. And you don't want to force somebody into the situation. But leaving the situation would definitely make him think like, oh, my God, I really lost, you know, a good thing. I do want this. He's not going to realize or even think about it when you're in the picture and you're living your same life every single day, day in and day out. Right. I don't think he's ready. They're ready for like the bottom line. You know, like let's work together, try to work together first. Then if there's nothing happening, you can give him the bottom line. Say, look, I've given you plenty of options. I've given you plenty of 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 opportunities to take advantage she of She says, this. I keep trying to bring up marriage and kids. I've not been shy about this matter. He knew that these were right. things I wanted for myself right. at the beginning, and she's two and a half right. years but, in. But we need to have a, a path to get to those so we can have separate accounts. We Corey's can... acting like y'all are married now and you're not. So No, I'm just saying. Like... See you later, Bob. <laughs> On to bigger and better. I want babies and kids. I've had girlfriends that go through this. And you know what? Oftentimes, I have a very good girlfriend of mine that wanted the same exact thing. And she, it took her four years, I think, to leave him because she wanted kids and marriage and all that good stuff. And it took her, and I dealt with her crying every day for two months, two and a half months. The phone rang, she packed her took off to Tennessee, and I think they're going on 15 years of marriage, maybe. Hmm. 
So yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, um, thank you guys also um, for writing in about the red cardinal is a visitor from heaven. I've seen them a lot. I actually saw one on my pa- my uh, patio of the house that we rented in Destin um, last week, which I thought was so cool and random. KJ and I saw it. Yeah, that's pretty so nice. that was really nuts and, and a little crazy just to spot the um, the cardinal. So thank you guys for writing in to that because I I thought I I thought that's what it was, but. Go One ahead. more family drama. Uh, this lady, she wants to remain anonymous. So we will do that for her, but give her our advice. Hi, Kim and Croy. I absolutely love your podcast. It has taught me so much. I'm currently reading The Game of Life and how to play it. It is amazing. Ever since listening to you, it feels like I learned to be grateful, and it has helped me in so many ways. Thank you for sharing your story about your parents. I have a similar story, but I am the one who messed up. I have a sister who was my best friend in the world. When she met her now husband, things started to change, of course, which things do. My sister went through a traumatic event after that, and I responded in the worst way possible. The things I did and said were unforgivable. Every day of my life, I regret what I did. I wish I could change it. We have not spoken in over five years now, totally her choice, and I understand. She is very, very busy, as well with a very successful career in her family. I just wondered if there is any way on earth that I can somehow ever fix this. I reach out from time to time with no answer. My oldest child graduates this coming year, and I dream of her being able to be there. I do pray for her, her husband, and child every, daily and send them the best thoughts. I know with what your... Uh, I know with what you've been through with family, you might know what I could do or how to move forward in my mind and not let it haunt me every day. Thank you for all you do. If it is okay, I would like to uh, not rather, I would rather not include my name. (laughs) I'm sending you much love. Okay. Well, I think so first off, and then you can lay out your thoughts is you have a subconscious thought. And I don't even know if you noticed this when you were writing your email, but you said what you did was unforgivable. So you are currently creating a situation where she will not forgive you because you think that it is unforgivable. We all make mistakes and everything can be forgivable as long as you're willing to move forward and not create those same mistakes over and over again to hurt that person in the same way. She will forgive you if you think she will forgive you. You can't think that it's unforgivable. Okay, well, that's a far stretch at this moment just being five years. But she could change her... Um, she can change her mind. So you should change your mind, right? That she will forgive me, and like sending them love is awesome. Do that yep. definitely. Yep. Definitely, you know that will really change things and has changed things for a lot of people. My own personal experience: I gave my parents multiple, multiple, multiple times to uh, and forgave. I'm probably one of the most forgiving people you guys will ever meet, but. Then comes a time, and this happened to be my parents, so I used to think, oh, it's my mom and dad. I have to deal with this. Like, this is just what they do. And one day, I just, that was it. That's my personality, though. I've done that with friends. I've done that with jobs. I just, one day, I'll take it and take it and take it, and then one day, something inside of me just, that's it. With my parents, it took 30, I don't know, what, five years, whatever, 33 years of my life of just to finally give in and just say, it. it's not worth it to me anymore. And it's and I feel great about my decision for you. Obviously, this is extremely painful for you. People do make mistakes um, and. 
my recommendation is to send, I would send an email. I know you, you said you've reached out with no response, but really explain that you understand what you did. And I don't know if you've done this already at some point, but, you know, explain that I know what I did was, you know, I don't want to say the word unforgivable because, but inappropriate. Yeah. My sincere apologies. I think I, about I you all boundaries. the time. You know, I crossed boundaries. It was never my intention. I miss you. You know, you were my best friend for years. So and so is graduating, and I would love for you to be there, and and so would she. And I would offer I would, an explanation too for your actions. Say, say I was I was afraid, and that's where my actions came from, or I was jealous, or I was whatever. Why? Explain to her why you behaved the way you did, uh, and then and then how and the steps that you've taken to to understand that behavior and change that behavior. Uh, like you said, you're reading the game of life and how to play it. That you're improving your mindset, you're improving your way you re- respond to people. Um, those are all things that she has no idea that you're doing. And then just continue to apologize and just you know I am I'm genuinely sorry. I wish I could change it. I can't. Uh, please don't let that affect our future. You know things like that. And, right. And, and I you know I would never do that to you ever again. Uh, I've grown. I've I've matured. All those things and just continue to. I've never keep. I've never gotten. And I'm sorry for my parents. My dad tried to get my mom to do it one time on Housewives or on Don't Be Tardy. I think it was for the wedding, and she's like, I'm sorry. Right. And it was just they're not. My, they're not yeah, sorry. They're not sorry. So, you know, um, I'll update you guys on what's happening with my parents actually today, next week. You won't even believe it. Um, but anyhow, yeah. So, I, you know, I think I'm sorry goes – both my parents are Tauruses just like me and I'm not a big I'm sorry person either. So I didn't require that. But Croy loves I'm sorry. He loves it. Well – and, and I'm sorry means that you recognize what you did. You're owning your mistake, and you're saying that 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 you obviously, unless you're just a mean person, you're not intentionally walking around trying to hurt people, right? Right. And right. so, and I, and I'm sorry is is owning your mistake that you made. You are recognizing that you made that mistake, which then allows you to correct that mistake and and be aware of it and not make the same ones. Like if you don't think if you're not I'm, sorry. I'm not- Saying I'm sorry to Croy for nothing, you guys. <laughs> but if you're for not nothing. sorry, then you're going to keep know, you doing know the I'm same sorry. thing. I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to say it. I need to work. I'm working on it. It's been nine years, and I've yet to say yeah. it. And, and you can you can add to the I'm sorry that I was wrong. Like oh hell no, right. that but is two very big sentences in one. It's the same thing though. And I'm sorry is saying I was wrong because. You wouldn't say I was sorry if you no, didn't think. If you I were can't wrong. say I'm sorry, I'm certainly not going to say I'm sorry. I was wrong. Right. Well, I don't know. That's my thought. Anyways, I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever say it. I say it to my kids all the time. If like I like step on their toe or I, you know, whatever. If you know, I don't know. But it's anyways. I'm um, back to you. Um, I definitely think an email would be great if you know for sure that she'll get it, or a handwritten um, letter would be really awesome and send it in the mail. Um, and then you know, send it with good intentions, obviously, which I it sounds like from your email you have. And send it off and see what happens. Yeah. You can't force somebody to respond. You can't force somebody to want to have that relationship with you. But no matter how busy your sister may be with her business and her children and that sort of thing, you're still her sister. Yeah. So. And, and what you did is forgivable. It It is. Mm, it's not unfor- – you cannot think that it's unforgivable. You can't think it's unforgivable. Time can, has passed. You have to think this is forgivable. What and I did was forgivable. I made a mistake. It's probably – it's a lot to carry – like I, I realize that my parents, you know, my mom is like mentally ill 
and I I accept that fact and I also accept the fact that I can't change my parents and I and I let that go, right? But there were many years, 15 whatever years that I carried the weight of what my parents did and like forgave them and it just weighed me down so much because in my mind for so long they're my mom and dad, right? So your sister not speaking to you, you don't know what she's going through or what she thinks because it's probably weighing her down. Even if you guys make some sort of connection and she says, you know, I can't talk to you at this time. I still haven't really gotten over it, but I'm working on it. Just pray that she gives you, you know, a response that is healing to you both, you know, because it could be weighing her down as well to not have it. You don't know what she's thinking. You know, I doubt five years later that she feels as maybe angry as she did when whatever happened happened, if that makes sense. Right. Carefree Breathe offers a line of skin-friendly pads and panty liners that go beyond leak protection to keep your skin dry and irritation-free. Carefree Breathe provides irritation-free protection for your most sensitive areas. Clinically tested by dermatologists to meet sensitive skin standards, free from fragrance, dyes, and harsh irritants. Air-infused covers with a soft touch feel keeps your skin dry. If skin is wet, the friction of the pad and liner rubbing on your skin may cause irritation. Therefore, it's very important to have protection that'll keep you dry. For light days, reach for the panty liners, and when you need more protection, they have us covered with their super and overnight absorbencies. I prefer the overnight absorbencies, you guys. I feel protected and confident at night and I get a great night's sleep because of it. When periods happen, stay protected and help prevent feminine discomfort with Carefree Breathe Ultra Thin Pads. For more information or to buy, check it out on Amazon or Walmart.com or you may find it at your local grocery store or CVS. I hope that helps you, honestly. Please, please keep us updated. You can always leave us a voicemail at 323-213-8100 or email kim at kimzolsiak.com. Okay, well, have you ever crawled on the beach? I never, well, not because I had to. In the sand? Maybe in fun. Because you have to? Have you? No. You crawled around on the beach? Yeah, digging holes and building sandcastles, but when you physically see somebody crawling because they can't um, walk... Yeah, I couldn't walk you guys in Destin, Florida last week. And I don't, what are the odds of this? Um, I'm going to get into it. Also, Croy dug a hole that was at least <laughs> six like, foot no. wide. Oh, yeah, yeah wide. Yeah. Wide. And, well, you could barely, you couldn't see any of my kids inside of it. <laughs> and Croy's head was barely out of it from it where was like I was located. It was five feet deep, whatever. And I know that if, and I know you guys know of these stories, especially in Destin, Pensacola, that kind of thing where people dig. They say tunnels, but what what they're saying yeah. is like no. these big these tunnels. big holes. No, no, not holes. Tunnels. Nobody's digging ho- tunnels in the sand. They're, it doesn't even make sense, that's, Croy. That's why they do it. That's how come they end up dying. So they end no. up digging a hole Mm-mm. in the sand nope. where there's sand above their head. No, it's not. What I, what happens, Croy, is just like Zalma, yes, my nanny, is. who is from no. Mexico, and this has no. happened there. No. They dig these big deep holes and you're in it. The sand is so soft. Right. The if sides, you go deep enough. The sides literally collapse on these people and you cannot get them out and they have died. I am on the, the f- talking like seven feet deep. Like, well, you were five. You weren't too far no, off, buddy. No, no, no. So at least he was probably six because actually he's six three and I could barely see oh, his Oh, no. I, I, there was a, my pecs were at least at the line. If right. Not left, if right. not more. Anyway, so I'm pissed. The nanny's pissed and I'm on the porch and I'm like, Zalma, I swear to God. And all I keep saying is, God, please protect my children. Please protect my children. God, please. And I'm like, Zalma. And she's like, I know. I don't know why Mr. Croy's doing that. I don't know why he's doing that. I'm like, you know what, Zalma? You, you, you guys. So I'm yelling at them and Croy thinks that I'm like yelling at them to come have dinner and like take a shower and stuff. But I'm like yelling, like, get the hell out of there. And the kid, the boys are not going to listen. 
They're not going to listen because A, they're with Croy, and B, this is the coolest thing they've ever done in their life. And I was pissed. And I couldn't go out there and run myself because my back. So I don't even know, like a year and a half ago in January, I was in LA and my back like seized up really bad. And I had to have like this little minor procedure, remember, like a couple months later. So um, it was very painful. And it's happened to me again, uh, not as severe, uh, twice. Uh, My chiropractor will come that day immediately. And then, you know, I'm good. So I had a massage the night before we left, like a lymphatic massage or whatever. And my massage girl, I think, pushed too far down on my spine, like pushing my my lower back towards my belly button, per se. And that's really what throws out kind of my whole pelvis and my back. Obviously, having five pregnancies and a set of twins did a number on my whole pelvic floor, my pelvis, the whole nine yards. So I think that put me in a bad place to begin with. I woke up Saturday morning and my back was pretty bad. Um, I took a muscle relaxer, which I mean, they're okay. They're not, they don't do much. I took ibuprofen, uh, 800 milligrams and we drove to Destin. Now this trip to Destin was sudden. The people that were supposed to be running this house, um, actually their children had COVID. So they were unable to go on vacation and the house was offered up to us. And I have been looking, we were supposed to go to Destin in April and we had to cancel our, the, the rental because of obviously COVID. And so I've been looking the last couple weeks for a house in Destin that we could rent and I'm very fussy and I like new and I like this and I like that and I want a private beach and blah 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 well everything's gone which is not uncommon at this time of year but like I can usually find something no I couldn't find anything so lo and behold what a blessing we are able to rent this incredible house on a private beach it it was an absolute dream I walked around the house a million times being so thankful um, that I was able to even rent the house. So anyhow, um, Saturday or Sunday, my back was killing me and it starts bulging out. Well, I think what really uh, expedited or like um, amplified, what Mm -hmm. really amplified the situation was having to sit in the car for that long in the same position. Well, no, I would put my feet up on the fucking dash. I would roll my tailbone. I would sit back. I would whatever. pressure on the back, right? Having to sit there for six, seven hours. It was, I knew it was out. I knew I was, I knew I was, I even thought about calling Dr. Malucci, my chiropractor before we left, but I knew his boys had um, baseball games and his wife was out of town. Otherwise I would have been at his house. Okay. But if you can stand up, walk around the house, like, no, it's not like that. When it's done, it's done. You know, when it's done, it's done. It's still not a hundred percent. Right. So it gets to the point where like my, my tailbone's completely tucked under my back is bulging, like the lower half of my back. I can't even stand up straight. I am mad as f- that I have this problem because now I'm not even going to look good in my bikini. I am livid. So I have a very high pain tolerance. I know this about myself. And I also will deal with the pain sometimes and not even think about ways to kind of resolve it temporarily. So finally, I'm like really upset about it. I can't really get out of the bed. Croy's pushing on my pelvic bone from the front, which sometimes will kind of push my my tailbone back out. Croy's rubbing my back. I would have not been able to walk had he not done any of that. Um, but the last time this was really severe like this was in January in LA, and I got like stuck on the chiropractor's, t- the chiropractor's table and couldn't really get up. Well, Croy said that, that next morning, like, do you have a pain pill? And I carry two Percocets in my bag 
since 2017. The bottle was dated all the way back to then um, for like an emergency migraine or if something Brielle and Ariana, like I have everything in my bag. If you need a Q-tip, I got it. You need a bobby pin, I got it. Super glue, I got it. Rubbing alcohol, I got it. Like I have everything always. And I said, yeah, I do. I have a Percocet. Well, I've never taken a pain pill unless like I had a boob job or something. So I was like, well, I'll just try it. Well, guess what? I was able to like not completely stand up straight. It was still bulging, but like I wasn't in agony. I could actually like step down the stairs. And so I was like, well, this is okay. So I took one. I only had the two. I took one. And then, of course, it wore off a few hours later. Well, I called my doctor and was like, can you just call in um, Percocet for me, just like five, just to get me home or whatever? And she's like, yeah, sure. But then we forgot that you can't call in prescriptions anymore. You have to have it physically in your hand. You can't call it in when it's, a, when it's a controlled substance, right? So she FedExed it to me overnight. She's so sweet. So I took the one the next day. I only took one that day and I took one the next day. Well, now it's getting like definitely a little bit better. I'm jumping in the ocean, you know, but like, Pretty much as that Percocet starts to literally wear off, it's like... Well, and I thought... Go ahead. Keep going. It's like you go from jumping around like an idiot, which I think was actually helping me so that I was not as tight in the back anymore because it was like loosening up. And Mm -hmm. in the ocean, Mm -hmm. I felt light as a feather. And I had the best time in the water this trip better than I've ever had in Destin. The water was crystal clear. The lot and the house that we were at was just a dream. Um, it was really great. So, um, yeah, I felt like weightless in the ocean. And that was my hope was like, well, she's in a lot of pain. It's spasming. It's it, the pain. Was this itself. before or after you told me I was faking my back pain? This is before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was locked up. Tight. You can physically see it, you guys. Like you can physically see it with your eyes. Anyway, so but I was so I my thought was well, if we can get the pain subsided, then she can move around, right, and, and like and possibly it up. get get some more space in those discs and get things moving to where, you know, it's not going to want to spasm because it doesn't. It you got some mobility back to it. Right. Well, it kind of did the exact opposite. So yeah, it, it just, just kept, kept getting, getting worse and worse and tighter. And so like I got to the point where I was like literally hunched over crawling around to like i was like can you get me a soda i hate asking for help like can you get me a soda can you open my bottle of wine can you do this can you do that like and then obviously wanting to like walk up to the house and maybe get some more water or whatever the case may be was like a fiasco it was just a lot and um i did get the prescription for the percocet but i didn't get it until like it came fedex is awful like they're because of the COVID and everything. If your delivery is guaranteed by ten thirty in the morning, it doesn't matter. You're you're lucky right. if you get it that day. Right. So it came that night, and so I didn't have anything that whole day. And it, I think that's what ultimately really because I didn't really have anything. So I was just kind of chill. And then I took the Percocet. So I took it for two days, and then I just was like, you know what? I, I'm just like I just need to get home. So my chiropractor was so sweet. And um, Dr. Jeff Malucci, because his brother's a chiropractor as well, but I see Dr. Jeff Malucci. But he waited for me um, on Friday on our way home from Destin um, because he had to go pick his wife up at the airport. He waited for me forever because we blew a tire on our U-Haul, which we're going to get into as well. So anyways, all in all, I was in the ocean like with Kaya jumping around like, release all the negativity. And we would like jump up in the air and like fall into the ocean and cash would too. And I don't know, we were just being silly. And then that night I was like, fuck, my back hurts. And Corey's like, I don't know what made him say it, but he was just being a pain in the ass. I think maybe beer made him say it or something. He's like, your fake back injury. I was like, fuck you. I was so 
being mad. Like it was all out of sarcasm, but she didn't take it sarcastically. It was rude, <laughs> and it was I I was livid actually. So anyway, long story short, we had a great trip. We ordered pizza from this place like every day uh, Tracy did not go with us we cooked it was perfect weather aside from one day um, I just it was so wonderful to just get away and be at the ocean and you know kind of stop for a second and slow down even though during this COVID um, you know everything is kind of slowed down here we're working a lot and salty K and so our life isn't as as you know slow as maybe I thought it would be during this time. But anyways, all in all, it was great. On the way home, we have a big U-Haul because, you know, I have to bring like 25 pairs of shoes that I never wore and I have to pack waters and wine and whatever. And so we're driving down the road and I, I'm very intuitive. And I thought this U-Haul is a piece of shit that morning. I was like, what if the door flies open or if it just like falls off the back of our Escalade? It's one of those like ones that you pull or whatever. Yeah, just a small little. I know it's not going to fall off the back it. of the Escalade because I know that Croy's like super anal but something's not right with this thing i swear to god not five minutes before this wheel and all of its tread is flying down the highway um i thought this u-haul is a piece of like why do they just let people like where i never i've yet to ever receive a brand new u-haul like do they not make new u-hauls why don't they like why yeah well so well so u-haul u-haul you can you could be like a franchisee, basically, and so oh, so people a lot of times when you go to to get to collect a U-Haul to use, they're a franchisee. You're not actually going to a true U-Haul store, which is also a franchisee, but a true right. U-Haul store who has like hundreds of of U-Hauls, trucks, trailers, all kinds of things like that. They have probably an on-site uh, shop where they maintain the vehicles and the trailers and things like that. Whereas a, a, a franchisee has to report back to one of those guys who will then come pick up a trailer. If they see like a lights not working or something looks a little weird with the tire or whatever, but these small time franchisees like a gas station or whatever, they're, they're not really inspecting these uh, well, they things, right? Because like, this, this, this delayed me greatly. Right. So, so you have like, if you get it from a smaller dealer like that, you just have to kind of understand that you have a higher risk of having an issue. Whereas if you went to like a true U-Haul franchisee where there might be an on-site shop, you got a better chance of it being like up to code per se. Right. Okay. Well, Anyways. we're driving down the highway. Yeah. It starts to rattle. Corey's like, I lost a tire. And I think we're going to crash instantly, right? I just think we're going to crash. I think it's over. We're going 85 miles an hour, which I guess you don't just crash when you lose a tire. I don't know why I always thought you just, you're, I mean, like if you have four tires and you lose one, like you're going to, something's going to happen. Your car's going to like fall on that side or something, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Croy was able to pull no, over just safely. Just like the hole's not going to collapse. You got to trust me. I know. Yeah. I know things. No, you don't know that. And I, I swear I'm going to get a I'm sand expert on this okay, show. Let's do it. No, I know physics. That's what my kids, my boys kept telling physics. me. My boys kept telling me physics. It's physics, mom. And I was about to tell all my boys, <laughs> you and your it physics. It is. It's physics. No. It could, it could not have caused us any harm. Croy. I, I sent Croy article after article after article about grown ass men that have tunnels, died. Tunnels, not holes. Do you think I would be doing something that would put us in danger? Yes, you didn't grow up at the beach. You don't even know how to deal with sand. You've never dealt with sand in your I've life. I've dealt with dirt my whole life. I've dirt built, and I've, sand are different. No, it's not. 
Yes, it is. Slightly, but but look, I didn't do anything that was Please, please, women, men, email Kim at KimZolciak.com. Tell me of a story There's that you know. between a hole and a tunnel. Every single article you so sent Croy, was a I don't tunnel. know how Croy thinks anyways that somebody's building a fucking tunnel with sand anyway. Because sand is so soft. So no, where are you not. digging you to, a tunnel? You dig down far enough to where the sand is somewhat hard. And then they this start digging. This guy's delusional. No. I don't know if this, you guys have not been to I've Destin. I've seen it. I'll Next time we go, I'll prove it to you. Okay. Oh, please. Yeah. If you guys have not been to Destin, Florida, look it up on in Google. It has the whitest, softest sand. It is like Turks and Caicos sand. Okay. It is very soft. It's a little like butter. And there's no way that you can build a tunnel. Okay. There's just no way. Unless the sand is, is wet. Which it is. And when you dig down, that's the whole point of digging this down. Guy. I'm going to get a, on my first fight with Croy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... The trip was great. We had to pull over. Let me finish the U-Haul story. We had to pull over. It took an hour and a half for a U-Haul, a very nice gentleman to come out. My husband, we had Ariana's car, the Escalade. We didn't have to change a tire. And do you know that U-Haul doesn't even give you a spare tire? Which I think is ridiculous. I think that's, that's absolutely stupid. Right. Each, t- each trailer should have a spare tire. 100%. So the guy came out. He was super nice. But Croy already had it jacked up with this, like, he rigged the whole thing. I don't even know how he got it jacked up with, like, this small jack from Ariana's car. And it was just hilarious. But anyways, I brought a solo cup to pee in because of my back. And I also don't want my kids going into um, gas stations to pee on the trip. So they would pee and then I would pour it into empty water bottles and we threw it away. But so everybody had to pee. We're, like, in grass that is so high. I'm afraid of ticks. So everybody's kind of wanting to get out and run around. And I'm like, it was just very nerve wracking for me and hot as hell. Got back on the road, got home, got adjusted by my chiropractor. Usually when he adjusts me, it was very painful. He did tell me you have like probably one of the highest pain tolerances out of all my patients. And I was like, that's not going to make me feel any better. Can you can basically hurry up? Because he does this thing where he takes his like fist and he takes his hand on top of it, on top of the drop table, and he pushes down and compresses and pushes the spine out the back through the front. But he had to do it right below my diaphragm. I honestly thought he was trying to kill me. But it worked, but it wasn't like life-changing. Well, we go to L.A. Sunday morning. So You're, you're functioning at this point. I'm functioning, for sure. Yeah. I'm not in agony, and I haven't taken Percocet in two days. I just don't... It was great to like have those two days to like jump around and shit, but like... I don't know. It also makes me want to punch somebody. So I just didn't think it was a good idea to continue it. Hence not recognizing my sarcasm. There's nothing funny about you saying I have fake back pain. Okay. Because <laughs> if you, anybody has back pain, they know what I'm talking about. It's like. It's, oh, I've had it. Trust it is me. So I've, had all, I've had every body pain you could imagine. And there. the best doctors and he sits there and gets rubbed on and licked no. on and nobody's twisted on, on and and the nobody's nfl like you, you if you get hurt you you literally have treatment for like six hours and you're relaxing and nothing's relaxing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'll bring on somebody who will tell you it's not relaxing mm-hmm. it's probably one of the most annoying things about yeah i'm sure the sport i'm sure that's why a lot of guys don't share their injuries because they're like i don't want to deal with that but anyway um so we were going to la to get my hair done my hairdresser hair by underscore chrissy has a salon in la um habit salon which they just closed and was saying that nobody could actually um even do hair right all of a sudden which was like are you kidding me but she does educational they might, classes yeah, they and might be able to keep it going because of the education because they have educational doing. classes um and videos and stuff like that so we were able to get our hair done from that aspect anyway thank god um and so 
I'm getting um, my Botox and my lips touched up and I can barely like sit back in the chair. And my my girl, one of the nurses was like, Dude, what's wrong with you? I was like, my back is like up like I don't know I can't sit and for over a year after I had my twins I would have to like sit in a chair and then when I would stand up it would be the most agonizing pain of my life and so Kane being breached he probably did break my tailbone but there's nothing that they can do for that so it's kind of back to the same thing I'm not in as much pain as I was in Destin Florida but I'm there I'm like getting annoyed so she says, listen, I have this really amazing chiropractor. And I'm like, no, like I have the best chiropractor. He is like no other. And she's like, no, I'm serious. And I'm telling you, like she will do some life changing things. It's probably your tailbone. So she'll just stick her finger in your ass and fix it. And I'm like third base, <laughs> third base. Oh, man. that's the, that might even be like a, a walk off home run finger in the booty. Babe. Like, in less than in, in less than what? It's no 20 different minutes? than my OBGYN sliding his finger in my mm-hmm. ass without kind of telling me. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know that you do that after 40. It's like mandatory. <laughs> it wasn't fun. It wasn't like I was into it and enjoyed it. <laughs> but so she said, yeah, no, I'm like, wait, what? And so Dr. Malucci has said that, like, you know, you can try to adjust a tailbone from inside he's never offered up to do it and I'm not going to let him do it. Damn right. He hasn't. (laughs) And Croy has tried to do that. And Croy, it's not, it's terrible. Like it's not, we weren't doing it right. Well, and that, and, and I was extremely cautious because you can actually do significant damage pretty quickly. You call that cautious um, because you, you were like the pain. Okay. So let's just jump into it. It. So, Dr. Boston, B O S T E N, God bless her. Her. Thank you. It's a her. It's a yeah. Her. It, otherwise, right. I wasn't doing it. Right. Like, I am, even though, like, I feel oh, like. Oh, it's no different than your OBGYN, huh? I'm just saying the technique. Uh-huh. It wasn't like he was fingering my butthole for me to enjoy it. Uh-huh. He was simply just well, checking for cancer. He, what, yeah, he's a dude. But he's a. No, it's different. It's different. Huh. It's different. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely different. I'm starting to be real skeptical right now. When you're an OBGYN, you see more JJs, and you're just, they're not even probably, his wife's probably not even exciting to him. Actually, he didn't look at your vagina. They put a little drape over you. He just does a little feel around. He doesn't look. Right. Do you think he was looking at my butthole? No, he wasn't. Who? No. OBGYN. No, he didn't. Well, this lady did look at my butthole. Yeah, it was, it was everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh my God. She okay. might have got more excited than you. Oh, f- okay. Anyway, <laughs> it was all professional. So it was very professional. <laughs> so my girl, who's an absolute angel, um, was called the office and they weren't open or something and left a message. And then she's like, let me know if you don't hear from her. So like, I was kind of panicking that I wasn't going to hear from her and my back was starting to bother me a lot. And so, um, it almost gets to the point where I can't like roll out of the bed or even roll over in bed. So finally that night I'm at dinner and I get a phone call from this 310 number and it's the doctor and she's like, hi, it's Dr. Boston, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, Katie was telling me um, that, you know, your back is kind of messed up and that you may need a tailbone adjustment. And listen, I know you're leaving tomorrow and catching a flight. How about I see you at 1030 in the morning um, tomorrow? And she was so nice. I instantly felt okay with her sticking her finger in my butt. She just. Had that vibe, She just huh? was, yeah, her energy was awesome. She wants to help. You could tell she wants to help. And she's like, I do this all the time. So I feel like because she's seen so many buttholes, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so anyway. No. 
I just can't. I'm just, she was extremely professional and we are so grateful for her, but I just can't. So anyways, well, you watched it, you pervert. So anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm not, no silly business happening over here. So anyways, I was supposed to go to my factory also, which is a couple hours away from Los Angeles and, and um, head over there and check on some of the bathing suits and stuff that I'm doing there. So I had to cancel that, which was really sad for me, but I'll be back. Um, and I headed to her office. I honestly was very, very nervous. And I, I was more nervous about the pain of her sticking her finger in my butthole and like adjusting it than I was the actual act of her sticking right. her finger in my butthole. Yeah. That, that's yeah. So I get deal. there not, and no I'm telling you that Dr. Jeff Malucci is the best chiropractor and now he has competition. Um, she did almost the exact same things that he does that he traveled and like learned. And I mean, she's been doing this 30 something years. If you're in Los Angeles, she's the chiropractor to see. There's no question. Um, and she just, her energy was awesome. When you walked into her office, her energy was awesome. Her receptionist was fun. They had two dogs that she was dog sitting. The energy was awesome. Very welcoming. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like just fun. And so she came in, she's like, Hey Kim, I'm so happy to let me check you out. She said, my hips were messed up. This was messed up. This was messed up. And she instantly put me on some heating pads and then she adjusted me. And then she's like, all right, uh, puts a little finger condom on and I'm face down and I'm like, my heart is like beating out of my chest. Like, I don't know. I mean, she does this all the time, like she said. So there's nothing awkward. And she's like, Croy, I want to show you basically how to do it so that you can help her, you know, do it if I'm not around in 10 words or less. So she puts a little stuff. She's like, relax. Rel-. I mean, obviously my butthole is cinched so tight because I'm so nervous. Who knows? And I'm like, Who ah, knows? she's like, relax. So like, you got to tell your butthole to like relax. Do you? And then she does it. And then I'm like, and I, you guys, it was 10 seconds of like almost a heart attack. And then she's it like, wasn't even 10 done. Seconds, it was think. five. Yeah. And it was done. And I was like, she's like, so Corey, did you see how it was to the right? And it's just this little thing. And yeah, it no, was I done. And that I instantly felt better. I'm sitting so f-ing weird on this chair talking to you guys because I'm so afraid that it's going to go back out again. <laughs> I haven't been able to shave my legs and put my leg up on a bench and shave my or like my my bench in my shower or my little whatever you call it um, and like feel comfortable and bend over in two three years, so if not longer. And it was like I was shaving my legs when I got home. I am like, she's unbelievable. She adjusted my neck. She put some ice on me. It was like an hour and a half appointment. I love chiropractors that really, she's like, I just love this. I get off on this. I just love helping people. Like I love chiropractic work and and she's so passionate about it and makes you feel so comfortable. She was super busy at all these other people kind of coming in, but she made time for me. Thank you, Dr. Boston. Whenever I'm in LA, I will come back and see you. So I told Dr. Malucci yesterday, I left him a voice note and I was like, yeah, um, this lady stuck her finger up my butthole and it was amazing. My tailbone feels great. And he's like, that's wonderful, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's really great, Kim. Glad you're feeling better. And I sent him do, her do you website. Think, do you think Malucci was uh, intimidated or, or uh, he felt like betrayed? Do you think he feels betrayed? No. No? He would never stick his finger no, in my No, meaning like, like you, you, you went to another chiropractor and, and said that like he knows He knows he's the best. No, but now he might feel a little competition. Yeah. So I sent That's him her website and he writes back, I like that her website's simple and easy to understand. It means she's very humble. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can't. We both took drinks Look at, at Sin. the same time. <laughs> Sin thinks something's wrong with me. No. 
I think I, I think Malucci might might be like a little betrayed. He's like, that's my family. Nobody can touch my family. He adjusts our entire family yeah. and has every week for almost ten straight years. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to get Malucci on here <laughs> because I need to know if he is offended about her sticking her finger in my butthole. Well, so anyway, well, of course he wants to. No, he doesn't. I'm my God, he probably around. turned bright I'm red. I'm just kidding. I think if I was in that much pain and it required that, he would definitely do it because he's a professional doctor. Right. But yeah. So all jokes aside, yeah, it was it was, it was fine. Like we can joke and kid, yeah. but it changed my life. And but here's the thing: I realized her fingers are much smaller than my husband's. And that's why she's able to grab like it's this very little tail, like little pointy part at the end. It's not like your whole tailbone. It's right. this little, just a little, little sharp little thing at the end kind of thing that you just move. What that fucking thing was causing me this much pain. My back, upper back is still spazzing a little bit, but nothing like it was. So I had a dry needle appointment with Dr. Scott Dixon yesterday. He came over, he dry needled my entire body, my calves, my hips, my head, my whatever. Um, and I'm feeling definitely a lot better today. I'll see Dr. Malucci today just to kind of see how things are looking and just see what he thinks about everything. But I'm definitely feeling um, a lot better and Percocet free because Percocet really did make me mad and frustrated. Like if the kids coughed, I'm like, KJ, what are you doing? Stop it. Stop chewing like that, KJ. <laughs> or Kaya, why, are you, why do your, noise, your shoes make that noise? Take those shoes off, Kaya. She's like, they're wet, you know, when the shoes like squeak. Yeah. I'm like, Kaya, take your shoes off. She's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's that, you guys. Um, L.A. was great. I saw Marlon Wayans. Let me tell you how that happened. If you don't know the story, he kind of made fun of me. He used a picture of me at the reunion, Housewives reunion, where I kind of made a stupid face. And I had just had all Thera <laughs> two weeks before on my neck, and it was pretty swollen yeah. still. So it looks like I have five chins. And he thought it was funny to post in, like, white chicks and whatever the fuck he did. Yeah, he said that you should have been cast for white chicks, yeah. making in, insinuating that you were uh, – yeah. Ugly and yeah. all those. Yeah. All those. He was being negative, a douche. Yeah. But whatever. Things. So uh, the day that he actually said that, I was on a flight to Los Angeles. And so when I landed, TMZ got me. What do you mm-hmm. think? And it's like, dude, it's just rude. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. So and aside from the fact that we never met him, you know. Yeah. Like, I've never ooh, met him in my life. Right. And we're not yeah. friends. It's not like if we're not saw enemies. Me, you know how hot I really we am. Just, right. <laughs> yeah. We're not friends. We're not enemies. But like, I don't know him. So it was just weird. like random like, why and Why are you speaking out? Yeah. So anyways, we're at Nobu. Um, huge shout out to Dr. Kasabian for getting us the best table at Nobu in Malibu, just right there on the water. It was unbelievable. Um, and so we all have, you know, we have masks on, obviously you don't have masks on when you're eating. So masks go back on, we're getting ready to leave. It's dark out and I'm walking by kind of the front desk from outside and it's like, Hey Kim, you still mad at me? You aren't still mad at me, right? How did he say it? You aren't, are you still mad at me? Yeah, he said, are you still mad at me? I said, no, I could never be mad at you. I don't even know who the fuck he is. You didn't recognize him. Yeah, I don't even know who the fuck he is at this point, I'm saying. Like, yeah, I didn't recognize him. He has a mask on, like... We all have masks well, on, right? Prior, yeah, prior to that, I had started to walk out, and I didn't realize that I had. You guys were still like we were. We stopped together. to take me, Miko, Brielle. Yeah. We all stopped to take pictures against this wall, and so Croy had gone gone ahead and had his bag and all my shit with him, and so yeah, he had already gone ahead and was a few steps, few feet ahead. And so of me. he had he had said something to me. He's like, "Hey, Croy, what's up, bud?" And and you know, we shook hands or whatever, and then I said, "Hey, what you know, what's going on?" Real quick, just ten second exchange of right. hellos. So and then when you and then so the night so when I came then you. he said that to me but yeah. I didn't so then I was like Corey who is that? he's like it's Marlon Wayans I said oh hell no so I'm back and I said what's up buddy and I said no nah, we're good man um, he was laughing yeah he was he, laughing he, he, he was funny like, here give me a hug yeah and and you guys hugged each other and 
Yeah. He's, I said, no, we're good, man. Um, no hard feelings or something like that. And then we took a picture or whatever and it was fine. Um, but I honestly having masks on, like you don't really yes. know who anybody is. No, like you can't hear anybody. No, I don't. I wonder if I have a hearing problem because <laughs> like Brielle and Ariana were with us and talking on the plane and they're, I can't understand them because right. I realize now how I read everybody's mouth. Yeah. Even though I can hear you, but like not seeing somebody's mouth move makes it extremely difficult to understand somebody. And these fucking masks makes it so hard to breathe. Right. Like it's, it's tough, man, but you got to do it. You got to wear your mask. You just have to do it. It's a rule in LA, which I love. Brielle couldn't even go into Alfred's and get a coffee without a mask on. There's a $500 fine. I think we should all at this time wear masks, period. Right. So, well, and we had, we saw two scenarios where people have different opinions and they don't want to be wearing masks and it creates significant Ooh, are you talking tension. talking about the plane ride? Yeah. Significant tension with So let's talk about it. People. I was going to say this story. You know, like their the protocols are in place, you know, companies have We all have, have to right, follow it. Companies have the right to say, uh, you know, here's what our policies are. You have to follow the policies or you're not welcome to fly on the plane. Uh, that's that's a company rule. It's not a it's not a federal rule. Just like in a sense where a, a business like you you can legally carry a concealed weapon uh, into like let's just say a grocery store. But if on the grocery store it says no concealed weapons, right. and you walk in, they can refuse. They can ask you to leave. And if you don't leave, you're trespassing. Right. That's right. that's the business's right. So the business has a right to say it's our policy that you must wear a face mask in order to use our services. If they choose. To do that, and if you don't want to be that person wearing them, you know, if you don't want to do that, then you can't use their services or walk into their place of business. Um, and so, but people want to use the service and not follow the rules or the policies. So Delta's policy is now because we flew back uh, in May, um, and it wasn't man. I guess it, it wasn't mandatory. Oh, it wasn't it's mandatory. mandatory now. Yeah, we get on. We're in first class. Every other seat is uh, empty. Except for, obviously, my two girls are next to each other, and me and Corey are next to each other, and we're in the same exact row. We're all a family. We all have masks on. Everybody boarding the plane has a mask on. There's a gentleman behind me, and the flight attendant says, put your mask on or whatever. No, he's fighting. He says, you know, your girlfriend needs to move or your wife needs to move. She doesn't have a seat here. He said, yes, she does. She's on standby. And he said, no, she's in whatever row, 16C or whatever. She needs to go back to her seat. She can't sit here. And he's like, well, why not? And he said, you know, uh, because she can't. This is not her seat. I'm sorry, sir. And you need to put your mask on. Yeah, there's only... Basically, there nobody had purchased that seat because they're only selling to certain capacity, so that technically nobody was sitting in that seat. So he's like, "Well, she can sit here," and, and but no, because then you're putting that section over capacity. You're putting too many people in one section. So that's what was. The so issue. he's pissed. He said, "You know, she's pregnant and blah blah blah." And the guy's like, "I'm sorry." Basically, like she needs to go back to her seat. So she goes back to her seat, and um, I don't know. We're about 20 minutes into the flight, right? Yeah. And the flight attendant comes to him and says you need to put your mask on right he had and he said why why do you need to put my mask on he doesn't have his mask on and it's the guy directly across from him to the window at the window seat and she said because he's eating and we had already gotten like these little trays they don't give you food anymore they give you these little boxes or whatever and he's like well then i'm eating too 
but he wasn't. And he wasn't. And right. the flight attendant's just like over it, man. And then the, the, this was a female flight attendant. A male flight attendant comes by and he said, you know what? What'd you say? Because we're over 60% capacity. There's actually 11 people in first class instead of 10. And he's going on and on. The flight attendant said they're an entire family. He said, why are they allowed to sit next to each other? And they have people sitting next to each other. And he said, they're an entire family, sir. They're an entire family. Right. Like So, so the whole row, so the whole row in front of us was empty. Right. Where their seats would have been. Right. And so it was just, it was pretty unbelievable. And it's like, you know what? I was getting annoyed. Put your mask on. There was a guy in front of me on the flight going to Los Angeles who had his mask beneath his nose. And the lady in front of him turned around and said, could you put your mask above your nose? And he said, what did he say to her? He says, no, no, I'm good. She basically said like, no, I'm good. And then she, she repeated herself like, cause she was obviously quite fearful. She had a face shield, she had, a shield, face shield, a she mask. had glasses, yeah. she had a mask. Uh, she was quite covered up and, and so, so he said, you know, so he said, no, I'm good. He had his mouth covered and it was resting right underneath his nose. Yeah. Uh, she was pissed. And so then she asked him again, you know, please, can you cover your nose? And he said, no, turn around. Yeah. It was very tense. You know, she, she, uh, I don't think respected, uh, expected that response. And so, um, and she said something to somebody else though. Somebody else to put a mask on though. Possibly. Yeah. Towards and the I end just, of the flight. Right, and I just feel like, you know, he, you know, was he was he following protocol? He had the mask on. You know, majority of the germs that you expel come through the mouth. His mouth was covered. I just feel like at that point, if you're that fearful of Shouldn't catching the virus, yeah, you may. If was that flight absolutely necessary for you? You know, like right. did you? You know, if if you're that scared, that's it's maybe you should stay home. Yeah, you know, and, 100% and reduce right. your exposure. Right. Because it wasn't like he didn't Don't have live one in fear because you'll attract it to you, basically, right. you know, at the end of the day. Um, okay, you guys. So, do you need an adjustment right now? I'm ready. Cry? <laughs> <laughs> I do not want your big ass fingers up my butthole. Every day. I don't know why I say, I, my girls, call, they're like, Mom, did she stick it up your butthole? Did you like it? And so now that's why I'm saying butthole. That's so tacky and unprofessional. But I just like the way it sounds now. And so I'm like, yeah, I liked it. And Brielle's like, you liked it in your butthole? I'm like, Brielle, shut up. Like, they thought it was the funniest thing ever. Any opportunity to. Just f*** with me. They will. Trust me. Um, Okay, you guys. Have you ever walked into a room and just knew somebody had life by the balls? There's always that one person in in a group of people, I feel like, where they just, they're confident. They know what they want. They get what they want. They got life by the balls. You can just tell. Yeah. All right, you guys, I'm going to tell you some ways to get there. Are you ready? It's going to be you. Coming it's 10 soon. ways to build and preserve better boundaries. Like we said in the past, boundaries are essentially just, they're like essential to healthy relationships, whether it's your marriage, your boss, your friends, your dogs, your whatever. Um, and setting and sustaining these boundaries is literally like a skill. And it's a skill that many of us just don't learn, according to psychologist and coach Dana Gianta, who has a PhD. We're not taught these were I guess, right? I guess you would learn boundaries from your parents, right? And but yet you're not taught these boundaries, say right. per se, in school. It's right. something as you grow to be an adult, and you can you can maybe reflect back on a situation where somebody set boundaries with you. But as a child, boundaries piss kids off, right? So they're not really paying attention right. to them. Mm-hmm. And um, the majority of people, I feel like, unfortunately, lack them because boundaries means a lot of times friction, right. or conflict with people right. that in uncomfortableness. And we've talked about that before. You got to embrace. The awkwardness. 
boundary building is is a new concept, yeah. as she says, and a yep. very challenging one. Um, but having healthy boundaries means knowing and understanding what your limits are. So here's some steps on how to build better boundaries and maintaining them. Number one, let's name your limits. You can't set boundaries if you're unsure of where you stand. So identify your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual limits. Consider what you're willing to tolerate and accept and what makes you feel uncomfortable or stressed. Those feelings alone help you identify what your limits are. We all have different limits. Right. Two, tune into your feelings. Giada, Dr. Giada, has observed two key feelings in others that are red flags or cues that we're letting go of our boundaries. This is interesting. Discomfort and resentment. She suggested thinking of these feelings on a continuum from one to 10. Six to 10 is in the higher zone, basically. Right. So when you feel this discomfort or you feel your feelings tell you everything. And I feel like some Mm -hmm. of us are so out of tune with our feelings because we have so much going on in social media and you're not even sure what you're feeling anymore. And are you feeling somebody else's energy? And that goes back to being an empath. And we're going to get into that too. So Anyway, um, if you're at the higher end of this during an interaction or in a situation, she suggests asking yourself, what is causing this? What is it about this interaction or the person's expectation that is bothering me? Interesting. Resentment usually comes from being taken advantage of or not appreciated. It's often a sign that we're pushing ourselves either way beyond our own limits because we feel guilty and want to be a good daughter or a good wife, for example, or someone else is imposing their expectations, views, or values on us. Right. And I think this uh, can be um, the biggest time for this is right when you meet somebody, whether it's a coworker, a boss, uh, a future partner. It's a lot easier to establish boundaries in the beginning. It is. Yep. Uh, s- stick to your boundaries. If, if, some, if somebody crosses a boundary, let sure, make them sure – let them know that they actually crossed that boundary and say, here's what I'm comfortable with uh, because that then establishes respect. It establishes uh, authority. It can establish it anger. It, it can establish irritation. There's a lot of other negatives. It's not all positive to get to set your limits or well, set your boundaries with it, somebody. In that moment, it quite it, it, again, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be maybe discomfort. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's going to cause discomfort for people. But in the long run, it's right. going to build a fantastic right. foundation for a great relationship and a great working relationship. Loving I have relationship. definitely set boundaries with bloom. I have not shown her my boobs since we did the podcast on if that's appropriate or not. Not true. No, not true. I didn't show her my boobs today. Not today. Did I, we were gone last week. Yeah. FaceTime. Oh, I did. Me and Brielle did. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, bloom. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Well, when someone acts in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, again, that's a cue that they're violating or crossing our boundary. Be direct. Like Croy's saying, with some people, maintaining like healthy boundaries doesn't require a direct and clear-cut dialogue. But in this case, if people are similar in the communication styles and views, personalities, and general approach to life, they'll approach each other similar. Right. So if Croy and I are very different, um, I'm like blunt and um, almost can be come off aggressive would you say passive aggressive sometimes i'm not passive aggressive sometimes you are but not always you're very passive aggressive sometimes i am all the time no 
Yeah. No. I'm half the time. You're all the time. No. See what I do? See when Croy says something, he's worse at it than me. <laughs> but anyway, um, with su- with others such as those who have diff- very different personalities or different backgrounds, you'll need to be more direct about your boundaries. Consider the following example. One person feels that challenging someone's opinion is a healthy way of communi- communicating. But to others, this feels disrespectful and tense. I agree. There are other times when you may need to be direct. For instance, in a romantic relationship, time can become a boundary issue. Partners may need to talk about how much they need to maintain their sense of self and how much time they need to spend together. Okay. Give yourself permission. This is number four. Fear, guilt, and self-doubt are big potential pitfalls. We might fear the other person's response if we set and enforce boundaries. Like I was just saying, you might feel guilty by speaking up or saying no to a family member. Many believe that they should be able to cope with a situation or say yes because they're a good daughter or good son, even though they feel quote unquote drained or taken advantage of. We might wonder if we even deserve to have boundaries in the first place. Boundaries aren't just a sign of a healthy relationship. They are a sign. Hear me out of self-respect. Right. So give yourself the permission to set boundaries and work to preserve them. Here's my problem. I have a hard time setting boundaries. I don't feel like I need to work on it with my kids. I'm great there. But I have a hard time setting boundaries with others because I'm not sure how to word it. We've talked about this in the past. Well, if, like, and I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, God. You can, set, you can word it in a way coming from a heart of kindness. You can say, you know, look, I, I'm trying to make some positive changes. I can't changes. even come up with one word I'm trying when to make I'm some irritated. Positive, I'm trying to make some positive changes in my life, and here's where I would like to make changes in our relationship to help me out. That's, that's how you can start the conversation. You can say, hey, look, I don't like this. I'd rather do it this way. I don't like this. I'd rather do it this way. You can be totally respectful. You don't have to yell at somebody, call them a name, be rude, be abrasive, be aggressive. You just say, I'm here to communicate with you to better our relationship. Here's where I have uh, issues or pains where, where I don't well, like. Well, like let's use Nikki, right? My hairdresser. We've been together a gazillion years, right? And we both hate talking about money, right? We just hate it. Like she's – we just like hate it. Like, hey, you know, how much was it for the day right here? Was it two days? I don't remember what we're doing. Whatever it is, right? right? She's like, I know we both hate talking about money, but so are we going to do three days? Are we going to do two days? And like we get it done, but like she starts it off with that because we both hate it. But – boundaries are set there like if i'm irritated she's not as talkative or like so there's a boundaries i think with people that are close enough in your life that they just kind of know you as a person and right. there's, there's boundaries yeah. but there are people that are so f-ing aggressive like people that want stuff from me which is often and they just continue and they continue and they continue and so those are the people that i need to try to like reel back in and like have conversations with there's somebody in my life that um makes me feel bad because i'm busy like busy as like i can't relax like i can't just chill out like i am busy so if you're doing my nails or whatever i i'm sorry like i'm on my phone because i i have to work like my life just doesn't you know stop and revolve so it's really irritated me but we're gonna get into that later (laughs) anyways um and we're going to get into if I thought Croy had life by the balls when I met him. So. What? Go ahead. Wrapping that up. Just you, you can easily open a line of communication with with an approach of kindness and just communicate. Hey, I want to make positive changes in my life. Here's where you could help me out. I would love your help in this area to 
reel this back in. Croy sure. acts like this is like easy for people, right? And it's well, not because it's it uncomfortable and awkward. Right, sure. that's right. Okay, practice. so practice, you know, self-awareness. Yes. If again, boundaries are not about honing in on your, it's about all about honing in on your feelings and honoring them. If you notice yourself slipping and not sustaining your boundaries, um, Gianta suggests asking yourself, what's changed? What am I doing? Or what is this other person doing? Or what is this situation eliciting that's making me resentful or stressed? Then mull over your options. What am I going to do about it? And what do I have control over? Consider your past and present. How were you raised along with your role in your family? It can become an additional obstacle in setting and preserving boundaries. If you held the role of a caretaker, you've learned to focus on others, letting yourself be drained emotionally and physically. Gianna says ignoring your own needs may have become the norm for you. Very, very normal for me. It wasn't that I was necessarily the caretaker. My feelings were not really ever validated. So that's interesting. Very interesting. When you were younger. Yeah, right. throughout all my, my years at home. Right. Also think about people you surround yourself with. Are the relationships reciprocal? Is there a healthy give and take? Beyond relationships, your environment may be unhealthy too. For instance, if your workday is eight hours a day, but your coworkers stay at least 10 to 11, then there's this expectation for you to go above and beyond at work, Gianna said. It can be very challenging being the only one or one of the few people trying to maintain healthy boundaries. I agree. Again, this is where tuning into your own feelings and your own needs and honoring them become absolutely critical. Right. And I would say... Uh, that is a huge culture in the NFL. It's who can get there the earliest, who can leave right. the latest. Yep. And that's that's fantastic and all, but I feel like a lot of that time is is wasted and it's and it's done for show. Uh, right. 100%. When, you, when you watch different different guys and all it really boils down to is performance. If you can go if you can go into work and and do what you need to do in eight hours, six hours, seven hours, and then perform. Right. Then, then you're great. Then, you don't need to right. show off and because, be there 11 hours. Because you've got to balance. You're getting good sleep. You're having a, a place to Is decompress. it expected that Matt Ryan stay, for example, right. because those, he's the quarterback? Of, expectations, and, yeah. sure. Uh, where it may not be necessary, but you then, everything else in your life suffers. Your marriage, your kids, your right. other things, because you have to meet these expectations where... You could perform the same, if not better, if you had boundaries. Okay. Seven, make yourself uh, self-care a priority. Self-care is definitely a priority. It also involves giving yourself permission to put yourself first. And when we do this, our need and motivation to set boundaries becomes stronger. Self-care also means recognizing the importance of your feelings and honoring them. These feelings serve as important cues about our well-being, about what makes us happy and what makes us unhappy. Putting yourself first also gives you the quote-unquote energy, peace of mind, and positive outlook to be more present with others and to be there for them. And when we're in a better place, we can be a better wife, mother, husband, coworker, and or friend. Eight, seek support. If you're having a hard time with boundaries, seek some support, whether that supports a group, a church, counseling, coaching, friends. With good friends and family, you can even make it a priority with each other to practice setting good boundaries together and holding each other accountable. Nine, be assertive. Of course, we know that it's not enough to create boundaries. We actually have to follow through with them, which is a big one too. Even though we know intellectually that people aren't mind readers, we still expect others to know what hurt us. I mean, that's... They never will. Yeah. You just have to communicate. Um, since they don't, it's important to assertively communicate with the other person that they've crossed this boundary in a very respectful way. Let the other person know what in particular is bothersome to you and that you can work together to address it. And number 10 is start small. Like any great, new skill. Hold on one second. A great way to do that too is, is to if start you interrupt me one more time. Hey, I'm on a roll. Start the conversation with, I care about our relationship. So start it that way. I care about our relationship. So I want to fix X, Y, and Z. I don't know what book or, you've been reading, I, but okay. I don't like what you just did. Or what book whatever. have you been reading without telling me? Uh, your book. You. <laughs> okay, baby. 
Like any new skill, communicating your boundaries takes practice. Suggest starting small with small boundaries that isn't threatening to you and then incrementally increasing to more challenging boundaries. Build upon your success and try not to take on something that feels very overwhelming. Setting boundaries, you guys, really does take courage, practice, and support. And remember, it's a skill that you definitely can master. My daughters really struggle with this. They would rather leave the hair salon with their hair looking like complete shit than hurt the hairdresser's feelings and and also pay for a horrible service. Like, I was that way, too. I think as you get older, you tolerate less. And I think that I, I'm not a good communicator with, um, like my communication is can be like, Hey, you. And then, you know, I'm mad, right? Like, that's not really good, Kim. Like we need to work on like, Hey, sweetie, you know what? Um, I don't know. The fact that you're not coming to bed with me right now is really pissing me off. Instead it's like, (laughs) Hey, you cry. I'm, you know what? I'm going to bed by myself tomorrow night too. That's, you know what I mean? Not really. That really didn't happen, but I'm just saying that's right. something that kind of, so my, my approach to things is definitely more, I do agree on the aggressive part, but these are ways you guys, these are people, they feel better. They sleep better. They are better, um, you know, employees or business owners, CEOs, better husbands, wives, friends i mean it doesn't they these people that have really worked on this and i think it's something that you you're open that really does determine what you kind of when you're 18 and you're out like your ability to communicate i think communication is key and when you grow up without it it's very hard to communicate or set or very hard to set boundaries when you can't communicate so i right. think if you grew up in a very you know communicative family you're probably the person that's more apt to set boundaries but i don't know very many people in my own life that set boundaries. I I guess I I have respect for people and I don't, and I don't often feel like my approach. Sometimes I will call Nikki and bitch about something to about somebody else that like pissed me off instead of really going direct to this person. Right. And I'm in this exact situation right now. Somebody has really irritated me and take, I feel like they've taken advantage of me. I'm nice. I offer something, you take advantage of it and now I'm pissed. Right. And so now I should have nipped it in the butt at the time it's been a little while, a couple weeks. I need to nip it in the butt. So I'm like, hey, Nikki, how do I do this? Could you say something? <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Like, it's stupid, Kim. We're working on it over yeah, here. I'm, on work, her. I'm a work in progress, you guys. I really am a work in progress. Um, anyhow, there's a lot of books that you can buy and, and Google and search on boundaries and communication. And you could read yourself, I feel like, to death. Um the book, The Art of Extreme Self-Care, Transform Your Life One Month at a Time, and Boundaries in Marriage. There's off, obviously a ton of other books as well, but right. those are just a couple that, that she recommends that would help you in doing this. I think if you set boundaries from the jump, whether it's in your business, your relationship, your children, whatever, I think life is a lot easier. Well, it's easier and it's more successful because you're going to get what you need and not what you don't want and what's going to cause you uh, emotional anxiety and discomfort. You're going to be in a place of happiness, of efficiency, and being able to um, focus on your goals versus all the other things that are bothering you. Because so and so did my, this. My problem is that. is that I'm a very giving person, right? I'm a very giving person just with product, with you can my still time. Be a great giving person, with, right? So because of this, though, and I'm always so grateful. I told you guys about my family. Like it's almost to the point where I'm like overly grateful, if that even makes sense. 
and I'm so thankful that somebody did something for me, even though I paid for the service or whatever, but people expect so much from me. Hey, can you post for me on your social media? Hey, can I sure, you just come say, no, on your I'm podcast? Hey, can I, you know, um, can you send me a free bathing suit? Hey, can I do? So these are things that I struggle with because I want to help these people. But then when I give somebody an inch, they've taken a mile. Right. You got to reel and them back then, that inch. And no, but how do you get back to that inch? You just say, hey, look, I care about our relationship. I can't do that for you. I can't, I, or uh, that's not acceptable, or that is something that I don't like, or whatever. You know, you have to communicate and say, I don't like that. Right. Or I can't do that. I'm sorry. Right. And you know, it's not even that you, and I wouldn't say I'm sorry because that's, you're not sorry. I'm, I'm you not say, saying I'm sorry. Right. I we talked about this. I can't do that. I'm, you know, I can't do that. No, they, there's nothing wrong with saying no. Croy taught me that, and no. I told you guys this. Like, so hey, Nikki, this wouldn't happen, but Nikki texts me and says, "Hey, you know, can you meet me for margaritas tomorrow night? I really need to talk." And I would, and I would be like, "No, I can't because I have to take Kane to here, and Kaya's got this, and I got to fill out two things, and then I got to deal with Salty K." Croy's like, "No, the answer is just no. Right back, no, I can't do it. Sorry, um, I can do another time, or I could do Sunday, or whatever." But I'm always one that's like over, always over explaining why it's as I say no. But I've really the last two years have had no problems saying no to people because of that, and not really giving an explanation, and it's been wonderful. But I also see people not necessarily inviting me to as many places. I asked Brielle, like, why hasn't so-and-so texted me in so long? She said, because she asked you to dinner 25 f***ing times and you didn't go, mom. Well, that's a whole other scenario. And I'm like, well, Brielle, like, I am actually really busy and I also don't want to be involved in drama. But I mean, so there's, there's, a, uh, there's a way, I think every situation in your life is a little different. You deal with boundaries with your husband different. You deal with boundaries with your employee different, your friends, whatever. Ultimately, setting boundaries is the move. So... Work on it. If you guys find any good books, let me know. I'd be dying to read them and and share with you guys as well. Next week, you guys, are you somebody who binges on sex, drugs, and alcohol? We may have one of the reasons why. And a way for you to balance yourself out. I like my wine. We'll talk next week, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of House of Kim. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Catch new episodes every Wednesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.